Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Let's just jump into the Word of God. I love it. And it's, uh, it's, it's actually, even though um, you might want to say this is a Christmas message, and this week and next week we will be talking about uh, the things that surround the birth of Christ, this is actually an extension of the... Uh, limitless value kingdom of God the limitless value of the kingdom of God because if you were here during Matthew 13 you will go oh it makes sense now see when Jesus was talking about it in Matthew 13 he actually did it oftentimes what you hear you see people they say things but they don't do them they don't have any real power my father used to say to me do as I say, not as I do. That didn't work with me. Honestly. I, I remember when I was 14 years old, sorry, I was a bit rebellious, and I said to my father, I said, you smoke, I smoke. You drink, I drink. Now, my father had a little more self-control than I did when I was 14 years old, but, uh, you know, that was kind of what it was. I wasn't listening to what he was saying, I was listening to what he was doing. And so when Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God coming like a seed, he actually did it. And that's why sometimes we don't fully understand what God is doing in our lives because we want it a certain way. We're thinking of it one way, and he's doing it a different way. Just like Rachel said and Pastor Jessica said in the first gathering, it's a process. And we say we want the process, but we don't like the timing. Can I get an amen? Right now, you are in a process. Whether you're in trouble or you're in a good place or you're waiting for something good to happen. Uh, yesterday, you know, Arnold opened his new shop. I know Ferdika just, uh, he just opened his new shop. And, and, you know, they're in a process, right? Can I get an amen? And you want, you want success, but it doesn't come overnight. The only success you'll have overnight is an inheritance. Uh, and sometimes even that's not a success. But you understand what I'm saying. Usually it's a process. And so no matter where you're at in your life, no matter where you're at, whether you're in the beginning of a difficulty or you're in the middle of that or you're in the beginning of success or you're in the middle of that, even if you're at the end of that, you're still in a process. And God is in that process. Can I get an amen? And so, you know, I love this verse. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He's been given to us. That's a beautiful thing, that Jesus, when he came, he came as a gift. He is a gift to you. Now, when I was, when I was uh, about 12 years old, 11 years old, you know, at Christmas time, uh, we had this real routine. You know, I could tell you where I was about every hour. I could tell you where we would be. You know, on Christmas Day, we would start out in the morning at, at my parents' house, and then we would go to my grandmother's house, and then in the afternoon, we would go to my aunt's house. Now, at my aunt's house, you know, my aunt loved Christmas. She loved Christmas. And uh, she would make sure all the kids got presents, every one of them, and there was a lot of kids in my family. We had five just in my and our own not counting all the other families. But I must admit, I'll be honest with you, as we were riding over 
to my aunt's house after like year three. So like, you know, nine years old, 10 years old, 11 years old, right in there. I can't say I was happy. Like I wasn't excited. I really wasn't. I'll be, and just be honest with you. I was, you know, 11 years old. I was going to my aunt's house and I was going to get a present. It wasn't because I got a lot of presents before. It wasn't that. It wasn't that I wasn't going to get a present because I knew I was going to get one. But I knew what I was going to get. You know, an 11-year-old boy, when he opens up a Christmas present and he gets pants, it's not an exciting thing. Now, the parents are excited. The parents, especially my family, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And so when my parents saw that I got pants, they were happy. Oh, they were happy. They knew I needed pants. But me, pants, come on, you know not something I was excited about. You know, give me a rocket or give me a, you know, a toy gun or give me something like that. Some kind of toy, a basketball. Then I would be happy, but give me a, you know. And so let's read this scripture verse out of Luke. Uh, and I got to use my glasses because I have a small thing here. Out of Luke chapter 2, it says, and because Joseph was a decent uh, a descendant of the King David, he had to go to Jerusalem. Uh, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judah. Sorry, and David's uh, uh, David's uh, um, yeah. Anyways, he traveled. I'm sorry, my mind is somewhere else. This is what happens when you have a dyslexic person reading. Okay, yes, you didn't know I had these problems. He traveled there to the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took. His, his, his mother. He took, his, he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, now expecting a child. And, they, and while they were there, it came time to give birth to the baby. And she gave birth to the firstborn, and she wrapped him in snuggling stra strips of clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging or no room available for him. Now, This is the gift that God gives us. This is the gift that was given to us. A baby of a carpenter, a poor family who just was a simple carpenter family who didn't have enough money. Trust me, you go to an inn and you got money, you can find room. You give the right price, you'll find room. You go around that city, you say, where's the five-star hotel? You'll find room. If you got the money, you'll be able to find a place. But they couldn't find one. Why? Because they're, they're just a humble little nothing. Now, picture Joseph. Here's Joseph, right? Joseph is all excited because why? He's going to get married, right? He's going to get married. He's all excited, and he's in this process. He's falling in love with this beautiful virgin uh, baby, uh, 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 mother, uh, Mary, whatever. She wasn't, she was, she was a mother. But this Mary, right? And she comes home, he comes home, and what happens? Mary says, it's not what you think. She's explaining to him that she's pregnant, out of wedlock, and it is not his. Now, come on. Come on, men. Think about it. What kind of gift is this? God, what kind of gift did you just give me? You just gave me a wife or a future wife who is now pregnant and she's telling me 
An angel did it. Come on now. It don't work that way. And then, think about it. Here's Mary. Mary is all excited before she's, she's, uh, she's uh, pregnant. And she's thinking, I got this wonderful, faithful husband. And by, by the way, he was very faithful. Because even in the midst of this pregnancy, he stayed with Mary. And here she is at home, and she's excited, and all of a sudden an angel comes in the room. Now, how many would be excited when an angel comes in the room? I'd be excited. I remember when Rachel told me the story, because I wasn't there, when she was on the plane with Nina, and she was flying, and it was an emergency. She said she saw angels all around the incubator. She said she'd never had so much peace because she saw all these angels. Let me tell you, if an angel came into your room, you would be excited. And then they say... Guess what? I got some good news. Woo! Good news! I'm excited! Good news! You're going to carry the Savior. I'm going to get a chance to bring the Savior into the world. Yes! And by the way, you're pregnant right now. Wait a minute. The plan doesn't seem to be working here. Am I not supposed to get married? Then have a baby, then get pregnant, then have the baby. Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? And yet you're giving me a baby. What am I supposed to tell my parents? What am I supposed to tell my town and my village? What am I supposed to tell my future husband? You see, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. This baby was given. You see, Mary and Joseph. They had what we call an earthly or worldly perspective. See, when we're looking at things that God does from our viewpoint, it can be quite confusing. Our perspective can be very confusing compared to the heavenly perspective. Can I get an amen? So here they are. They're sitting there going, I'm on the run, uh, you know, because they had to go on a run. They, they're out to kill my baby. The village is thinking I'm full of shame. Joseph's parents are like, you're crazy. Why are you marrying this woman? She's pregnant out of wedlock. Well, by the way, parents, I had a dream. Oh, you dreamer, you. We just sang it. When we're dreaming, God is over it. He's watching. But see, in our perspective, the dreams that we have don't always look like the dreams that God gives us. Can I get an amen? The dreams that we have sometimes don't look the same when God says, you know what? You know what, Johnson? I heard your prayer. I'll give you the dream. I'll give you, oh, I'll give you that, that gym that you want. Right? Now, I want you to imagine two years ago, three years ago, when you first kind of started dreaming about having your own gym, right? You're in somebody else's gym and you're working out because this dude works out, you can see it, right? You know, he's working out. He's like, man, it'd be nice if I had my own gym. It'd be great. You know, look at this place, you know? Okay, he has that dream. All of a sudden, boom! God starts opening that dream up to you. Did it go the way you expected it to go? Better. It went better. Woo, that's even good. But during it, you worked hard. Sometimes you didn't understand what was happening. Sometimes in that process, you were struggling. You were like, wait a minute. You know, here we are. We got a dream for a building, right? 
and we're all set. Ravi Zachariah is coming. Woohoo! You know? Wall falls down. And I honestly, I'll be honest with you, I was yelling at God. I didn't have his perspective. I was yelling at God. I really was. I was God, if that wall didn't fall down, they'd never be testing this, this structure. And he's up there, you dummy. I want them to test the structure. I want to make sure you have a very safe building, you idiot. Sorry, that's how, that's how he talks to me, okay? That's how he talks to me. <laughs> but I don't have God's perspective. During the process, we have a tendency to have a worldly perspective. And we see it in our eyes. We have a certain timetable. Someone has said, God is always on time. I'm telling you, yeah, he's always on time, but my watch is not set to his watch. And I don't like it. I'll be honest, I'm going, God, God! You know, a lot of times my watch is faster than his. It's past 12. You said you come at the 11th hour. He's like, yeah, it's not 11 o'clock yet. It's not the last hour. What do you mean it's not the last hour? By the way, can I say this? When you have an earthly, oh, when you have an earthly perspective and you're not willing to try to get a heavenly perspective, you will act before he wants you to act. You will react before he wants you to react. And most of the time, you will act and react the wrong way because you're not in his time. Remember the, 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 the prophet uh, Elijah and, uh, I mean, Elisha and his, his, his servant? You know, Elijah, what, he's in, he's in tent, he's sleeping away, he's getting a nice nap in, he's relaxing. You know, servants out there, and he's like, oh no, look it, we're surrounded by the enemy, we're dead! Comes in, Elisha, Elisha, wake up, wake up. What's going on? We're going to be in trouble. And Elisha's like, what's the problem? What do you mean, what's the problem? Look. He goes, I am looking. I am looking. But don't you see the enemy? Mm -hmm. I, I, I see God. I see all the angels. I see that there's more for us than against us. The disciples Rowing in the boat. We're going to die. We're going to die. Jesus sleeping. Wake up, Jesus. Don't you know we're going to die? What's the problem? We're going to die. We are? That's kind of funny, yeah? <laughs> telling, telling the Son of God that he's going to die when he knows the times. He actually sets the times. He actually told him to go on this boat. Well, that's news to me. Think about it as we pray sometimes. Isn't that funny? Sometimes when we pray to God, I bet you he's going, well, that's news to me. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't know that. By the way, I don't know, I laugh sometimes. I have to admit, I laugh sometimes when I, when I see, oh, I gotta come down, I can't. When I, when, when I hear people pray sometimes. You ever hear some people pray sometimes? Okay, all right, so let's say we're gonna go to prayer. God, uh, yesterday, you know, yesterday, uh, my friend had to go to the hospital, God, and then when he went to the hospital, God, he, he, he had to go in because he was sick, God, and then when he went in, God, the doctor didn't do a good job. Why are we telling God something he already knows? Why are we explaining the situation to God when he has a much better perspective than we do? 
But we do that. We explain to God, God, let me tell you about the situation down here. Because some reason you don't seem to know. Right? See, that's when we have this earthly perspective. When we have this earthly perspective, we don't have the things of God in mind. I remember when we first wanted to come to, um, to Indonesia. And, you know, I love my mom. My mom really loves me. And she didn't want us to go. She really didn't want us to go. And I knew God was calling us. And, and she knows I'm very stubborn because I'm as stubborn as she is. And she gave me that stubborn streak. And so she started trying to, like, convince me not to go. And it wasn't going to touch me. And then she said, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll start trying to make Carol feel guilty about coming. You know, and so she started saying things to Carol, you know, and she was saying things about our kids and stuff. And, and, and I could see, you know, that this was not a good conversation. So I, I said to my mom, I said, Mom, um, you know, Jesus said to Peter one time, get ye behind me, Satan, for you have not the things of God in mind. I really don't want to have to say that right now. But that's what happens when we get earthly perspectives. When we get an earthly perspective, that's what he's saying. Get behind me, Satan, for you have not the things of God in mind. And that's what's going on in this situation. But what the beautiful thing is, is that God is, is coming, and he's coming down to earth. And why is he coming down? Because he wants you to know that he knows exactly how you feel. He wants you to know, ex so he wants you to know that, listen, I came down not as a king ripping through the world. Here comes the king. Here comes God. You know, like I said before, the bomb. He comes in as a king, uh, you know, because... You know, when I was at the airport uh, just last week, when I went to the airport, you know, I was with someone who had, like, he had some pull and some power and some popularity. You know, and I walked over to the lounge, and, you know, I, I happened to get there first, and they looked at me like, who are you? You know, who are you? And I knew I wasn't getting in that lounge until all of a sudden the person I was with walks up in front of me. And they were like, oh, and he just said, he's with me. Okay, no problem. See, if Jesus pulled into Bethlehem and they all knew he was a king, he would have had many places to stay. But he knows how it feels to be rejected. He knows how it feels to be alone. He knows how you feel when you're going through difficult situations. He understands these things. That's why he came, so he could say, guess what? I've been there. I know exactly how you feel. If you're feeling alone and you're feeling like, you know, just a very little person, I know what that feels like. That's why he says, I have been tempted in every way. I understand. And so you can know that if you're going through a difficult time right now, you know, you're singing that song, God, I can't, I can't surrender. I, under this pressure, God, I'm having trouble surrendering. He goes, he had that same struggle. He said, Lord, take this cup from me. He was under great pressure. He understands these kinds of things. And that's, that's one of the reasons why he came, so you would know that he is with you. Now, that's our perspective. 
Now we look at the heavenly perspective. It's really interesting when we begin to look at the heavenly perspective, how different it is. Here's the heavenly perspective out of Luke. The angel says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, he has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. You will recognize him by this sign. He'll be a little tiny nothing. That's how you'll recognize him. He'll be a little tiny nothing. That's really... The angels are looking going, Savior of the world! We're looking going, little baby in a manger, smelly manger, places where, 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 uh, where cows you know, live and it stinks. In Bethlehem, Maybe you're going through a situation right now, you know, and you need help. You're praying to God. You're saying, God, bring me help. I need help, God. God, I'm in a situation that I can't deal with. I need, I need power. I need, I need something big. And he goes, here's the seed. Here's the seed right here. What? Say, no, no, God, I don't need the seed. I need Power! Yeah, here's the seed. I need a savior. Yeah, here's a baby. See, from our perspective, we'll never see it. But I can guarantee you in the middle of the situation you're in, in the middle of the process that you're in, God has planted or he's handed you a seed and he said, just put that in the ground. See, that's what it says out of Matthew chapter 13. Can you put that slide up, Matthew 13? It says, For the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed planted in the field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all the garden plants. It grows into a tree, and the birds can, take, uh, uh, can come and make their nests in the branches. This is why I'm telling you, don't, don't reject whatever God gives you because what he gives you is what you need what he gives you is what you need you think you know what you need see when you pray you pray from an earthly perspective and you say God this is what I need this is my list God ding 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 just like when I went to my aunt's house and I said I know what I need I need a basketball I need a football and she gives me a pair of pants and I'm thinking, I don't need those. And yet my father's looking at me and I got holes in my pants I, because I'm always out there playing games and wrecking my pants. And, you know, he's like, good, he got what he needed. And I'm thinking, I don't got what I needed. I needed a basketball. Or when a little kid is walking around, all of a sudden, you know, the kid, he's in the kitchen, little, little baby, you know, toddler walks around, grabs a knife and starts walking around. And he's laughing and he's joking. And what's the first thing you do? You run over, you take it away from him. And he's like, I hate you! From an earthly perspective, we need to stop and say, God, give us what we need and whatever you give me God I know that is what I need can I get an amen
Very difficult to handle. Very difficult. But here he's saying, you know, here, here the, the angels are seeing a savior. We're seeing a, a little nothing. The angels are seeing a king and we're seeing a baby. The angels are seeing glorious power and the, and the people are seeing weakness. We need to get a heavenly perspective. And when we get God's perspective, it's, it, it's everything. Listen to what God has given us out of Isaiah chapter 9. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of, the servant of, of, of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passion, passionate commitment of the Lord of the heavens will make it happen. See, I want to read something. I don't have it up on the screen. I put it in my notes. It's actually the verse right before that because many of us know that verse, but this verse is quite amazing. It says, the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. For those who live in the land of darkness, a light will shine. Now, what was going on now is they were being attacked by the armies and they were getting taken over. They had made many mistakes, the Israelites, and they were going to be conquered and they were in darkness. They felt like, oh no, I'm overcome. I'm overwhelmed. I can't help. I can't, I, I can't make it happen. I'm never going to get out of this situation. And God says, guess what? A light's coming. It's going to be a child. Now, if he had stopped and said, a child is given to you and didn't say he's going to be called Wonderful Counselor, you would have went, what? What is God saying to you? In the midst of the thing that you're in, in the process that you're in, what is he saying to you? What is he giving you? You know, oh, I'll get in trouble, but I'll say it anyways. What the heck? What can happen, right? You know, I want a husband. I want a wife. And he gives you a friend. That's not what I want, God. It's not what I need. Like, yeah, that's what you need. That's what you need. You know, you're sitting there and, 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 and you're like, you're, you're, you're lonely and you're, you're, you're praying, God, if I only had a mate. And, and all of a sudden, you know, you got, your friend comes over and says, hey, I got a small group I want you to come to. Small group? Is there any girls there? <laughs> Think about it. If you, I, I don't mean to get on the, the singles, but I'll just be there since this is where I am. Uh, you know? Like when you walk in a room, is that the first thing you look around? Like, you know, where's the guys? Where's the girls? Where are they? Is that the first thing? Oh, married. No. 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 Oh, no. You know, up. Uh, you know, not my type. Up. Uh, you know, too fat, too skinny, too loud, too quiet. Earthly perspective. 
earthly perspective. Can I say something? I love my wife. I love talking about my wife, and she hates it when I do, but I love my wife. And, you know, I'm blessed. She's a beautiful woman. I'm really blessed, and I'm very thankful. But let me tell you, no matter how hard you try, there's going to be wrinkles. Can I get an amen? amen? All right. No matter how hard you try, you I mean you can color all day, but they're still gray there. You know, no matter how hard I try, I got hair growing out my ears that I didn't have when I was younger. You know, and I'm going to preach a sermon one day and tell you that, you know, my tongue is the most selfish thing in the world because it doesn't care what my stomach looks like. It's a bad part of the body. It doesn't listen. You know, it just says, I like the sweets. And the stomach is like, but I'm getting, I don't care. Right? Right? And so you get a little fat, no matter how hard I try, even if I go to Johnson's gym, I'm still going to be old. Even if I get rid of the stomach, I'm still going to have gray hair. There's nothing I can do. But let me tell you something. My wife is my best friend. She has an amazing character. And let me tell you, in the end, it doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter. I will take my wife's character over any part of her body because she is an amazing woman and I love who she is. And that's why we are so good together because she's just amazing. Working on tonight. No, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. How many times? I, here, all right, here's the idea. Let me, let me give you a different perspective. Okay, here's a different perspective. God, I want a nice house. God, I want success. God, I want, I, I, I want to be rich, right? I want to, let me tell you, you can have the nicest bed that you ever had. You can have it, I mean, it can be silk, it can be like you're sleeping on a cloud, you, right? You can have the nicest bed in the world, but if you can't sleep, it doesn't matter what the bed's like. See, it's not about the bed. We keep asking for the bed when God's saying, you know what, I want to deal with your heart. I want to give you what you need so that it doesn't matter whether you sleep on a rock or you sleep on a nice bed, you're going to sleep because you have peace. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called. This is his character. His, what is his first one? Wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. That's the first characteristic of this person, this gift that is given to you. So in the middle of your struggles, there's a seed that was planted. And guess what? In that seed, there is wisdom. God has wisdom to give you in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your difficulties, in the middle of trying to be successful. He will give you wisdom. And here's the thing, if you don't have a heavenly perspective, you won't receive that wisdom. You know, there was this guy that started coming to our, our community. He started coming to our community, and, 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 and he said something to me the other day when I met with him. It's the first time I met with him. He goes, you know one of the things that really blew my mind? And I'm thinking, what? He said, 
you remember when the, the earthquake came? And he said, I remember we were in the new building, and you, you, you were saying how we needed money for the new building, and you said, I don't care if you give to the new building. Give to Lombok. He goes, you weren't worried about yourself. You were worried about, I'm not saying anything. I'm not trying to say that we did anything great. I mean, we just did what we're supposed to do. But see, in the middle of your success, in the middle of what you're doing, God's wisdom might say, give. And you're like, that's not, that's not wise to do in a business. That doesn't add up. That doesn't make sense. But God's wisdom says, you know what? If you follow me, it'll be the greatest plant in all the garden. Wonderful counselor. You know, you're in a struggle with your relationship, and all of a sudden, you know, the seed comes into your life, and you're like, I really can't stand him, or she can't stand her. He's driving me crazy. And the wisdom comes in. Forgive. Pray for them. Bless them. What? I want revenge. Heavenly perspective, worldly perspective. And then he says what? Wonderful counselor. I love it. Mighty God. Mighty, you've got to love mighty God because he didn't, just say, uh, he didn't just say God. He said mighty God, the one who has all the power. I've said this before. I'll say it again. To me, it blows my mind. The best thing in the world. You know how God's going to wipe out all the enemy, right? You know how he's going to do it. This is how he's going to do it. I just did it. You didn't even notice it. That's how powerful he is. It says from the breath of his nostrils, he will wipe off the face of the earth. So if he gives you a seed, trust me, it's a powerful seed. It's a mighty seed. It can take down kingdoms. One little seed, one little drop of, of blessing from God can take down the world. So don't reject it, saying, I want floodgates. He's saying, I'll give you a seed. I, I need a garden God. Yeah, that's why he gives you a seed. I need food. That's why he gives you a seed. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Thank you, Lord God, that time is in your hands. You are over all. Lord, you are in no hurry. You are there, and you will be my Father forever and ever and ever and ever. Can anybody give me an amen on that? He is your Father, and he will always be your Father. Glory to God. He was with you all the way. And I don't know about your father, but I know what my father did. I have to admit, there's a song. There's a song. It's about a baseball game. And, and it's about a kid playing baseball. And the, 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 the chorus says this, and none of it mattered after the game when my father would find me and call out my name. See, Everything you go through in this world, it's not going to matter at the end because at the end, he's going to call your name and he's going to bring you unto himself. And you're worried about all these little things and he's like, what are you worried about? You have me. I know I have you, God, but I need more. That's exactly what we're saying. Can I get an amen? It's true. That's what we say. I'm giving you myself and you want more. I'm giving you me and you want more. Because you don't know how amazing and how wonderful he is. 
He's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and I love this one, the Prince of Peace. He will give you peace. He will give you peace. When you surrender to Him and His ways and you just say, God, we sang it, even when I don't understand, God, I'm going to trust in you. The peace begins to come. Can I get an amen? How many, have ex- how many have experienced the peace of God just flowing over the middle of their situation? It's an amazing thing. I'll tell you, I'll take that over everything. He's the prince of peace. He will give you peace. And then finally it says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. The government shall be upon his shoulders, which means he is in full Control. Now, I know you might not like your government. I don't know what country you're from, but mostly everyone. I, anybody like their government? Anybody? I mean, I, you know, I mean, I don't think there's anybody that likes their government. Come on. You know, I mean, yeah, they're trying sometimes. Most of the time not. But anyways, I didn't say that. Forgive me for saying that, Lord. Uh, but I know that God's government, he's governing Everything. What that means is he's manjaga everything. He's over everything. You know, and can I say this? Sometimes, sometimes you're suffering. And, and he knows it. He's been there. He understands. And you're suffering. But you know, sometimes he looks down and he says, the suffering that you're going through will bring about blessings upon blessings for many. So he says, you know what? I'm going to let you suffer a little bit so that others can see my glory flowing through you. That may not sound good to you, but from a heavenly perspective, that's exactly what happened to Jesus. When... uh, when Nina was going through that thing, I prayed this prayer. I said, God, you take me. You take me. Keep her. You take me. <laughs> Second, uh, my child, take me. Take me before you take them. Can you imagine what the father must have thought about his son watching his son die on the cross? And yet, he knew that giving his son would be a blessing to many, many, many thousands upon thousands upon ten thousands of people. It was worth it. And that's why I think that Jesus said to his father, yes, father, I'll go and do it because I want to be a blessing to you and to me. Remember, he's over it all. He's governing everything. He will take care of you. You don't have to worry about it. Let's pray.